This is Real Talk from CPR News and Denver 7. This week, school safety takes center stage in the metro area and at the state capitol. It's a never-ending spiral. We need action. We need it now. After another shooting at their Denver school, East High students are advocating on behalf of themselves. Today, we have a real talk about what's being done to keep kids and teens safe in school. We'll hear directly from students impacted the most. Welcome to Real Talk. I'm Colorado Public Radio's Nathan Heffel. And I'm Denver 7's Micah Smith. Each week, in a partnership between Denver 7 and CPR, we'll have a real talk about issues impacting underrepresented people across Colorado. This week, we're having a discussion about school safety. In light of the recent shooting at East High School in Denver, where two deans were injured. The students at East High School have really yeah. been through a lot since the new year. In February, 16-year-old Luis Garcia was shot near the high school he passed away from his injuries in early March. Then shortly after that, a 17-year-old student who was under a school safety agreement shot two deans at the high school. That student had to be patted down and searched in a front office before each school day as part of that safety agreement. During a press conference following this latest shooting, DPS Superintendent Alex Marrero said the district failed the student who shot the deans. We all as educators came into this profession to support help students thrive, and most importantly, provide them an opportunity to succeed. I can acknowledge that we failed Austin as a district. Very powerful statement from the superintendent there. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of discussions about mental health and, and the fact that Superintendent Marrero included the person who many deem responsible for the shooting in that conversation, I find powerful. Yeah, it definitely seems like there is a change in tone from uh, both the school board and, and, of course, people across Colorado. Now, some East High School students have formed a group called Students Demand Action. The group has demonstrated at our state capitol recently, pushing for new legislation to keep them safe in school. Yeah, and right now we are joined by Caden Fiala and Beckett Nelson Gardner, who are a part of that group. I want to thank you both for taking the time to be here with us today, especially on your spring break. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, first... I want you to tell us how you're doing, because we know these shootings and violence must be taking a toll on you, yourselves, and your classmates. I think it's really been hard going through this so many times. And I've definitely met people who are really struggling through this. I think for me personally, I just I feel desensitized to everything because it's happened so often that we're just used to it at this point. And just hearing that, I've been through this multiple times. Did you ever think that you would actually say something like that as a student at a high school in Denver? No, I I hoped I would be safe. Like I thought going into middle school and high school, I never expected anything like this, but I've been going through lockdowns and lockdown drills since elementary school. Yeah, I have a five-year-old daughter, same thing. She's already learning how to protect herself in school. What does that feel like that at such a young age you're having this happen and now it's happening multiple times to you in your school in Colorado. Yeah, it's not fun. Um, I've heard from a lot of older, you know, students of just the Denver Public Schools itself. Um, and I remember the days when we just had tornado drills and fire drills. And now it feels like those drills have been replaced with just lockdown after lockdown, not even lockdown drills, but just lockdowns itself, which is terrible. Yeah. What do you want done? What what do you want to see done in your school? What do you want to see done in society to address this? 
I think it's important that we focus on gun legislation and getting uh, guns off the streets from people who shouldn't be having them. What about you? Yeah, um, I totally agree. And I feel as though, like, we tend to focus a lot on what we can do at the school, but that can only take us so far, and it doesn't help the people in our community as much as we would like. So we mostly do focus on legislation and the politicians at the Capitol. Well, there are a series of gun bills working their way through the state legislature. Uh, it is a Democratic-controlled state house. These bills are, are looking to pass. Is it enough for you? And does it focus directly on you as students in, in helping you feel more safe in schools? I think that these bills are a step in the right direction, but there's no one simple solution that's going to solve all our problems. I think that these are a good step, but we definitely need more to keep us safe. Are you being heard? Do you feel that you are being heard right now? Um, it's tricky because we want to be heard on the biggest stage possible, obviously. Global, national, that stuff is like kind of our goal, our like main thing with coming to places like this. Um, but we don't really feel as though that's happening. We feel like uh, we're getting our word out there, but then it might drop off, yeah. you know? I mean, Students Demand Action is a, is a national organization, and there's a chapter at, at your school, right? And you marched on the Capitol. There were so many of you. Um, are you fearful, like you said, that it's going to kind of fade off, that it's just going to kind of go back into the into the backs for minds that this is a thing that happens to you and that you're worried about each and every day. Yeah, I think it's important that we keep doing this. We keep reminding politicians that we keep putting pressure on them that we, they have to do something to keep us safe. And we're still scared. We were scared before uh, Louis was shot. And we're still more scared now after. And that was, you know, a, a, a person you went to school with, a friend, an actual face. And I think that's something that's so interesting that we don't often think about in the media that these are these are people these are faces these are people you know and that impacts you every day i'm sure yeah and to be fair it's hard to feel something for someone you've never met before someone you've only heard about recently and that's entirely fair i get that but we should recognize that this is a problem that affects all of us and not just the people who have suffered from it absolutely well i think it helps that you're speaking out now You've been speaking out for months, and I do think you are being heard. Yeah. And we're going to start talking about uh, some of the actions being taken here. So we are just getting started with this real talk about school safety. Later, Caden and Beckett will be back for a chat about school resource officers and their experiences with them. But first, weapons are being found at an alarming rate in DPS schools, and a lot of the time it's because kids don't feel safe. Just ahead, we'll hear from a former DPS student about why he brought a weapon to school with him every day. This is Real Talk from CPR News and Denver 7. This is Real Talk, and today we are having a real talk on school safety in light of the latest shooting at East High School. Yeah, the number of weapons found in Denver public schools has been on the rise since before the pandemic. Per a Chopbeat Records request, there were 200 weapons found in DPS schools during last school year. That is five times what was found during the 2018-2019 school year. 
I had the chance to look into that data more. I chatted with a former student as well as a youth violence prevention specialist about why they're seeing an increase of guns in schools. I did have a weapon on school grounds, and I'm a little guy, so, you know, I felt like I needed to protect myself. Seeing what the kids are going through, like the same things I was going through, it's like a revolving door. A lot of these kids aren't the kids that we would associate with, you know, carrying weapons. But when you talk to them, everybody has a weapon because everybody is scared. Before the recent East High shooting that left two administrators injured, Mike and I chatted in depth with both Jason McBride and Denny Hodge, who you just heard from about what they're seeing inside DPS schools. What they had to say is even more relevant now. Here's part of that interview. We are so thankful to have both of you in studio to talk more about this. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm going to start with Dini because you talked about it. You were very open and honest about being afraid in middle school, feeling the need to bring a weapon to school. Was that a last resort for you? I guess what was going through your mind at that stage of life? Well, going to MLK, like I had to walk to school and stuff. So uh, it's, it's a middle school and high school. So... You have high schoolers there that start problems with the middle schoolers sometimes because they get to drive to school. So it was like a lot of racial problems too at, at MLK at that time. Like they would call them riots or whatever. And at that time, that was supposed to be the riot time. And I don't know, I, I felt like, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to get hurt in the middle of a riot, you know? So I feel like I had to protect myself in order to not get caught in the middle of the school riot or whatever they were planning, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was going on for weeks, uh, like a period of time to where I just was scared to even go to school sometimes. I'd be like, I'd be asking my parents if I could stay home, like, can I stay home today? And uh, and like, no, nah, no, nah, you gotta go to school. Like, uh, <laughs> so I just, uh, I just, that was like my last option really, like, that if nobody didn't understand, like, what I had to go through, like, at home, it's okay at home, but, like, in the out, when we have to walk outside the door as a kid still, and you gotta interact with your peers still on a different level of, um, like, just negative stuff, because you don't know how other people are raised, neither what they're going through, and that could be a reason why they're acting out too, you know? Well, I just imagine you going to class every day, knowing that there is likely a gun somewhere either in class or in the hallway. What is that like to learn in that environment, knowing that you have to protect yourself, but there's also could be a gun right next to you? It, it, like normal, kind of. It's normal. Yeah, for me, like I really grew up in it, so it's, it's, it's something that we were used to seeing in the schools, you know? Like, if something's going to happen or you got to protect yourself, somebody's going to jump you. I just was normal, like walking through Montbello, Green Valley at that time. I don't know if it might be more a, l a little more safer now. Well, I doubt it because all the gun stuff I'm hearing now. Right? But that's just, that was normal for my generation for us to have guns at the school because everybody's scared. Like, yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's lessening by generation either, Jason. That's where I want you to come in because. You work extensively with youth. I've known you for four years, yeah. met you in a school. Talk to me about what you're hearing from students about why they are bringing guns, bringing weapons, period, to school. Well, I think it's, just, it's kind of what Dini just said. You know, a lot of kids are scared. And 
it's struggle love. We get kids that we get referrals from, and most of the kids that we're seeing that come in the door aren't kids that you associate with with guns or having guns or any any of those things. They're not gangs or any of those things. Um, they're just scared, and they're arming themselves because they see other kids armed. So you know, you know, at the open, you talk about two hundred guns being found in schools in in twenty twenty two. Think about the number that you didn't find, right? Because those weren't just the only guns in school that day. You know, it, it's not, um, and just to elaborate what Denise's saying, it's not odd for guns to be in school. And it's a normal thing, and it's been normalized for, for these young people uh, to have, carry, purchase, trade at school, too. So uh, it's a huge problem. What is it like? What are you hearing from kids saying, I, I can't learn in school? Are you hearing that? Or? Well, I, I think you're seeing it play out on the street, mm. right? They're talking with their weapons. Um, and, and, and that's just, that's the, that's the scary thing is that, that these kids mostly now, the ones that I, I do talk to since we're, you know, and as we, the kids that I do talk to are, are going to be shoot first, right? At, that's how there's, I mean, self-preservation is, is the number one thing and kids will shoot you first now. So I tell, um, my friends who are, are grown, if you're in the public and you're arguing with a young person, walk away because that young person will lay you down. It will shoot you and go home and play Xbox. And that's where we're at. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. So you're literally seeing the escalation and violence on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, this is March and we're at summer level violence right now. So, you know, when we talk about escalation, it's just it's just going to continue to get worse because we haven't listened to these kids. And that's that's where we're failing. We haven't listened to them. Well, both Jason and Dini now work for the Struggle of Love Foundation, which is an organization that mentors kids in K through 12 schools in the metro. And we also chatted with Jason and Dini about that work. Take a listen. Struggle of Love is, is, is an organization that's been around a little bit over 20 years, and it's, 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 a, it's a gap filler organization. Um, we stand in the gap uh, for so many different of our, our residents out in the far northeast and pretty much all over the city now. Uh, we provide food through a food bank. We have a, a studio in a great place for kids to kind of be themselves. Uh, we offer uh, educational programs, entrepreneurial programs, um, all kinds of different things we do in the community. Um, but one of the things that I think we're most proud of, we have a young people uh, doing an a, a, a anti-violence event called uh, Have Fun No Guns. And it's, it's being put on by uh, the students at DSST Elevate. Um, they're in charge of the whole situation. These are kids that all know somebody who has been killed. Um, they also know, you know, someone who has shot a gun at someone before, too. So uh, this is something that definitely they're, they're passionate about because they're going through it every day. I relate to everybody that I, I run into. Shout out to all the youth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could have that connection and I can, uh, I can be their support and uh, that positive person for them, even though we're, uh, we, uh, we have to go back, to, back home to negative stuff. And, you know, I'm glad I could be that supportive. You can find more information out about the Struggle of Love Foundation at struggleoflovefoundation.org. The latest shooting at East High has renewed the debate over school resource officers. But what do students think? We continue this discussion coming up. This is Real Talk from CPR News and Denver 7. This is Real Talk. 
I'm Nathan Heffel, and we're talking school safety in the metro area. And I'm Micah Smith. The Denver School Board has voted to put armed officers at all high schools for the rest of the academic year. It comes after two deans were shot at East High School recently. In 2020, the district decided to do away with school resource officers, and the decision was not made lightly. And it came with a lot of input from students, parents, staff, and city officials to help determine the best way forward. And Denver 7's Christian Lopez has more on why bringing officers back to schools won't be so cut and dry. It is a piece of the puzzle uh, that's uh, missing in some schools. And that piece going in and returning to the schools is going to make a world of difference. Stacy Collis knows firsthand how much of a difference it'll make. Not only was he himself a school resource officer for 20 years, now he helps train them all across the country. A school resource officer is a different entity than just putting a police officer in the schools. Uh, these school resource officers are trained. I went through training on dealing with various mental health issues, uh, those on the autism spectrum, trying to advance myself and uh, then share that information with others. Collis says he spoke up three years ago when DPS voted to remove these officers. You were one of those people saying this is a bad idea. Yes, um, that it was not a good, good uh, sound decision. Uh, a lot of them were great friends of mine. Uh, the men and women that were doing the job, doing great things. I think you're now seeing some of the ramifications of that decision. Now DPS is saying, okay, we're going to bring SROs back. How easy is that going to be now? It's going to be a process. I know there are some that uh, were there that will be placed back into the schools. DPD told us after spring break, there will be two SROs at East High, one at each of the other high schools. For some context, back in 2020, there were 18 school resource officers before the program ended. This former East High student, who preferred not to be identified, said she saw how much these officers helped. They were around the building when fights would happen. They would be there um, if there were any, you know, big things, if there were like during lockdowns, they were helping with that. Our in-depth reporting this week shows even studies on the impacts of SROs are mixed. The most comprehensive came from the National Institute of Justice, which determined that school policing was not an effective way to increase safety and security. The study also found that schools with SROs had higher rates of suspensions and expulsions. That's why Collis says it's important to make sure the officers are a good fit. We want to get quality people into these positions so that they can start building those relationships. They can start working with the community. That's Denver 7's Christian Lopez reporting. We are back now with Caden Fiala and Beckett Nelson Gardner from the Students Demand Action Group at East High School. Caden and Beckett, we want your opinions on school resource officers. You're there now. You're in school. What's your take? I think school resource officers, as they exist before, we're not working properly. I think it's important to make sure that people aren't being pushed into the school to prison pipeline and that we're not just arresting ch children. I think it's more important to focus on mental health and gun legislation as opposed to just putting them back in. When they were removed in 2020, it was more of a political thing and it was not followed up with anything. No other protective measures were put in place. I think that's the worst part of it. I entirely agree. Uh, the district kind of made that decision, again, 
with a lot of input, but um, recently with the putting them back in schools for at least the end of the school year, uh, definitely was a rushed decision that literally took place overnight and with almost no input. Um, they didn't have anyone come talk, like talking to students or talking to us from East about like how we felt about it. You know, back in 2020, when that decision was made, I was following it very closely and I kept hearing about ticketing. There were over you know, 500 tickets given out in a year. Majority of those tickets were given to kids of color. Um, now that SROs are returning, are you concerned about that same process happening over again? No, oh, 100%. I think instead of doing like ticketing kids, I don't think that they should have that power. I think it should be more of a mental health professional and someone who reaches out to the kids as opposed to some police presence that is completely separate. Well, because we, we heard uh, that it's more of a mentorship, like almost a father figure in some sense or, or a mother figure. Um, but there is that question about security and that question about feeling safe. And these resource officers are back in school because there is, it seems to be, a, a need for them because of the violence that we're seeing in schools. Well, a thing with that is that it tends to be, as we've seen it, in this show itself has uh, school resource officers, studies have been done that show that they don't particularly uh, lower the amount of gun violence that happens or increase the amount of safety. And uh, things that we have found that work are mentorships after schools, mental health professionals, among other things, mostly legislation at the Capitol is the thing we're looking for. And I think what I'm hearing from you both is that you don't necessarily feel safer with an SRO in your building. Am I putting, is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, is this a Band-Aid? Is there a greater need for change? Yeah, for sure. Um, school Reese, the district often uses uh, mental health as a as their fix all for every event that happens. Um, at our school, we only have uh, three professionals along with um, administration and teachers who aren't all mental health professionals, obviously, and who cannot service a school of 2,700 kids. Well, Caden and Beckett, I want to thank you both so much for being with us today here on Real Talk. Caden Fiala and Beckett Nelson Gardner are students at East High School in Denver. And that's this week's episode of Real Talk. Every week, we'll be having a real talk on issues that impact Coloradans who are often overlooked. And you can find all of our shows on the free Denver 7 Plus app or online at CPR.org. This is Real Talk from CPR News and Denver 7. Have a great day.